0: hello dear sports family and welcome back i hope you enjoyed our first episode um we got a ton of great feedback uh, which is super encouraging to me and my production team. So thank you for that. Make sure you're still liking, commenting, subscribing, all the things that so you're updated. Um, for today's episode, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Baylor Volleyball's new assistant coach, Joshua Walker. Joshua was previously named the men's assistant coach at the University of Hawaii, where he won two national championships and was named the ABCA Assistant Coach of the Year in 2019. Joshua was a varsity athlete at Hawaii from 2006-2011, where he was an ABCA, ABCA All-American and two-time All-Conference player. Coach Walker, thanks for coming today.
1: Thanks for having me. Of
0: course. Um, so how's Waco? I know it's a lot different from Hawaii, so yeah. how is well, that?
1: that's what everybody keeps saying, and I'm like, typically my job, I'm in a gym or I'm in an office, so it hasn't been too drastically different. Um, obviously, Hawaii, you leave the office and it's like you got this mountain backdrop and the ocean, um, and Waco is just flat, but it's very similar to where I grew up. I grew up in Virginia okay. Beach, Virginia, so um, even the climate is July. It's been pretty hot, um, record hot here from what I understand, but um, it's more similar to where I grew up.
0: Okay, yeah, it's it's been pretty hot. So I one thing I always tell people is you can eat your way through Waco for sure. <laughs> so you've got to find all the fun different spots. That's one thing you can do in Waco. For sure,
1: for sure. <laughs> when I have the time, I will keep eating for yes. sure. Yes,
0: <laughs> um so tell us about your family you and your wife both met in Hawaii correct
1: correct okay um she was on the soccer team um we didn't really like really talk to each other until the end of my career she's a little bit older than me like we're born in the same year but on the west coast she graduated when she was 17 I graduated from high school when I was 18 so she's a year ahead she was a better athlete than me so So I redshirted. She didn't. Okay. (laughs) So like by the time we actually started talking, she had already graduated and we knew of each other because she was one of the best soccer players and I was one of the better volleyball players, but we didn't really start talking until like the end of my college career. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, we, uh, I had my first season playing overseas and we did a long distance thing and it worked out. So I'm like, okay, this is the one for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so before I headed over for my second season playing overseas, I proposed to her and then kind of lock her up before i left <laughs> yeah nice and then uh yeah and then after that it just kind of one year she she was able to come with me a, a bit of a time when i was in greece my second season um when i was playing in denmark then she was uh kind of playing the wedding that year and then my last year playing in finland um she was able to come with me for a while then as well but she was pregnant that year and then my daughter was born right after the season, April 25th. She was born right after that season, so I had a decision to keep playing overseas or to kind of like kind of get settled back in the states. And um, and Charlie Wade, the head coach at Hawaii right now, he had an opening. He asked me if I was interested, and I said, "Yeah, I think it's time for me to kind of get a little bit more settled for my family." Yeah. So, so that's when I shifted from playing overseas to playing to coaching back at University of Hawaii.
0: Okay, and y'all just welcomed another baby, right? Yes. So <laughs> that's since so exciting. Then,
1: since then, it's the fourth one. So wow, my son just turned fourth on the July 20th, and then I have a one-year-old turning two late September, and then I have a three-month-old as of today. He's three months today. Oh, so, that's yeah. so awesome! That's
0: so exciting. <laughs> yes. And their names. Can you tell us the meanings behind yes, them? Yes,
1: absolutely. So. All my kids have Hawaiian names. Um, Shiloh, that's her first name, but her middle name is her Hawaiian name. It's Kuu Puaihane. That's so cool. And that means my beloved flower that gives life. It's a combination of my mother-in-law's name, um, uh, a flower in Hawaii as well, which is also like my sister-in-law's name. Um, So that's kind of how we got her name. And then Kamanu Kila Kila. Manu means bird in Hawaiian. And kila kila means, like, to have poise that commands admiration. Oh. Um, the manu is from my father-in-law, and the kila kila was the part that was added on. So um, that's his name. Then Kupa'a, he has the longest one, Kupa'a Maloa Ikapo. Wow. And his name means strength through the darkness. And his, the whole pregnancy and everything was during the pandemic. So oh, that wow. was um, early 2020 all the way through, and he was born, um, um, obviously, September 2020. Um, so that was what where his name came from, and then uh, the last one, Keahi Anapa, means flashing fire. Um, We'll call him Keahi for short, which means fire, but um, sorry. No, it's okay. Um, But yeah, so his name means flashing fire, but we'll call him Keahi, which means fire. Um, And yeah, he came the fastest, so that's why his name is Lightning. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. That's cool. all the boys, they also have biblical names as well. Um, It's Kamanu, Joshua, Kupa'a, James, and then John,
0: that's awesome I think it's so special when you have like a meaning behind your name as well just me like it's a deeper meaning like yeah you can just name your kid whatever but like to have a whole story and how it ties in like with your wife's family that's really special
1: exactly I mean it has meaning right it's like when you go through life you like names are important I've always felt names are important so um yeah if they live up to the their their title and they do things that we hope they're capable of and um should have a great life so
0: that's so cool that's awesome um, so give us a little recap of your playing experience. You're kind of a little bit of a journeyman pro, but you started in Hawaii, correct?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um, so I'm from Virginia beach. Um, basically came down to recruiting came between either walking on at Penn state or, um, walking on at university of Hawaii. So, um, so I ended up choosing the 10 hour flight over the 10 hour drive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then after my first year, I was able to get on scholarship at university of Hawaii um, after I redshirted. And then, yeah, I just kind of kept getting better, get, getting better each year. Um, by the time I hit my junior year, I ended up being all American that year, so all conference player. And then kind of carried that through to my, um, to my senior year. Um, so I had two coaches, like I mentioned, um, Mike Wilton was the first coach that came in. Charlie Wade was the second, the second half uh, of my career. But um, but yeah, for me it was uh, it was a great experience. Just like I had so much support. We um, get this pretty far to go from Virginia. It's not just the distance; it's yeah. the time zones. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you're just you're isolated. Hawaii is the most isolated place on the planet, but it's also I'm far from home. So I really had to focus on on what I need to do to be successful. Um, the fan base in Hawaii it's it's well known. They have a huge fan base. Um, so I had that support, and that's kind of what just kind of pushed me through to make sure I just kind of did what I needed to do to get to the next level. And then after that, um, I went from the ocean to the middle East. I went and played in the UAE, um, United Arab Emirates and I, the same country that Dubai is in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played there and that was a unique experience because I was the only foreigner. They only had one oh. foreigner on each team.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. So, um, it's very, very different. Um, the level isn't that high but that's because most of the team they don't really practice we average like six people at practice <laughs> and essentially if I did my job which means I outplayed the other pro then we won and if we didn't um I didn't do my job we lost so it was no in between it wasn't like oh good job it was like better win otherwise um but it was good money but um it was a lot of pressure in that league a lot of pressure yeah um and then I kind of flipped I the uh, when I went to Greece, Panathinaikos, very well-known club in Europe, very popular. Obviously, the basketball team is pretty popular as well. Um, a lot of top players historically in volleyball have played for that club, so it was fun to go to Greece. I was living in Athens, um, and yeah, it was it was it was a great experience um, playing there. And then from then, I went on to play in Denmark, and in Denmark, it was a different situation because. We had a bunch of guys that were on the Danish national team that were on my team, and then we had, like, five other foreigners. So I've never been on a team with that many other foreigners. We all kind of hung out. Um, yeah, we that's got really nice. close. There was a, the setter was from the States as well. He was uh, he put into Long Beach State. Um, so, yeah, it was very great, comf- comfortable situation. Ended up winning the league that year. I was league MVP. Um, nice. And then from then went to Finland, which is probably the best combination of all, all my experience as far as, like, um, the level of play, um, the money, the professionalism of the club, often on and off the court. So, that was probably the best experience overall playing in Finland my last year.
0: That's awesome. I just want to go back to what you said about Hawaii. I really wish more people would consider, like, I know for me being from Texas, that was, I have like the luxury of, there's a lot of schools in Texas that have high level volleyball, but I don't think people realize that, like, it's so fun to be like, oh yeah, I can like go here and go here through the recruiting process, but like you're so far away from home. And so to look at Hawaii's fan base, like that's huge cuz that does become your family and like you start to play for that school and become a part of that school and representing that and when you, that's your new home away from home.
1: Yeah, exactly. Hawaii um, Hawaii's unique because most of the schools that you play for you have a solid alumni base and mm-hmm. you almost cheer more for the logo than necessarily the team. Right. right? Um, Hawaii is unique in which they love volleyball. They cheer yeah. for vo- good volleyball. They cheer for um, good people. Right. So um, I don't know how many times teams have came and they played and it's like, yeah, they were cheering for us too. When we make it place like, yes, because they love volleyball. They grow up watching volleyball. It's on TV. It's as popular. You go to the park, you can play. Yeah. Um, it's super popular. So when you, when you're playing around and you're around people that appreciate something that you're as passionate about. Um, yeah, it, it means a little bit more. Um, so that absolutely drove my career to make sure I'm like, okay, let's do what I can to make these people proud. And then, yeah, everything else just kind of took care of itself.
0: That's nice. Just to like appreciate good volleyball. I love that. That's so awesome. Cause in the day, like it is still a sport and like everyone's competing at that high level and everyone's good. You know, like everyone is that good. So I love that. Appreciating good volleyball. I love it. Um, so, you and Coach Mack, y'all knew each other previously becoming, right? Because I remember we were allowed to kind of like listen in on the interviews whenever y'all were being hired for our new assistant job. And you were the one interview I didn't sit in on because I had class. And so I, and then you got hired, and I'm like, who is this guy? I didn't even listen to his interview. What's going on? Um, but y'all knew each other previously, right?
1: So, yes, he was the coach at Cal Baptist when I was playing at the University of Hawaii. Okay. So, I want to say it was my junior year that we played against each other um so that was just kind of the basic background of course we beat his team twice so make sure <laughs> he loves that we exactly. beat him twice <laughs> we played him on oahu and then we played him on maui as well which is a unique trip and like standing room only in the gym it was crazy mm-hmm. environment um but yeah so it was a super fun experience but also um I got coach of the year, assistant coach of the year in 19. That's when Baylor had their best season historically that year as well with Coach Mack winning coach of the year. So um, as I was following the the team, um, I just kind of reached out because with Coach Mack, it wasn't just the volleyball. Like Obviously, they're playing at a high level, but it was the way he was coaching and how he was coaching. And I just reached out to him just in the email, like, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. It's like, I know I want to be a head coach one day. I'm not sure exactly what that path is. But if I am going to be a head coach, I would like to be a coach like you. This, as far as what the girls are saying, what he was saying was, was great. Um, just as far as the faith-based and just like the motivation behind that as well. So that was very, very appealing to me. So I just reached out to him in 19 and just told him I appreciate what they were doing. And the next time we talked was uh, when I was interviewing
0: that's awesome. One that speaks to your character too, I think, of just like shooting for the stars and like going forward and like wanting to use volleyball to get you other places and to spread the gospel. Like, I think that's huge. But then, like, speaks to that 2019 team of they really like changed lives. And I think that was a monumental year for me, even. Like, I was committed at the time, but to watch Nicola Bannon, who's now our, or Nicole, what's her name? Yeah, O'Bannon. It is O'Bannon? Yeah. Okay, Nicole, <laughs> Nicole Thomas. I was like, uh, I, she got married. <laughs> she got married and in between. Um, but now she's a director of ops, and she changed lives by praying after that Wisconsin game. So that's insane, and it just speaks to Baylor volleyball, and I could go on and on about how amazing our program is. Um, that's so cool that you and Coach Mack like, competed, and now you're on the yes, same team. Exactly. I love that. That's yes. so awesome. Um, so you made this switch of being a player to a more professional career, of wanting to become a coach. Your major was in English, correct? Correct. Okay. So what made you want to become a coach with a degree in English? I mean, playing volleyball, yes, but English.
1: So <laughs> when I got when I graduated from high school, I actually was in civil engineering. Oh um, wow. That's what the major I started off in college because I'm like everybody's like, oh, engineering's a great job. Yeah, so everybody yeah. should be an engineer. I'm like, sure. So I had good <laughs> enough grades, got in engineering school. So I was like, oh, and I'm kind of like, I don't think this is really for me. Right, so then I switched to business because I'm like, okay, business agrees. Nothing Everyone does that. business, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I was doing that, and it was still the same. I wasn't as passionate about getting going to class and doing the best I could in class as I was on the volleyball court. So I'm like, I got to find something mm-hmm. that lines up. Um, my mom's an English teacher. My dad was a teacher as well. Most of the people in my family are either in law enforcement, um, in the military, or teachers. Wow, I um, love that. So I have that whole background, and I'm like, okay, well. I really like English. Um, I, my focus was creative writing. Okay. Essentially, I use my degree to write emails now. Love it. That's <laughs> awesome. Those recruits are getting the best emails. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was for me. It was I I wasn't even sure if I wanted to get into coaching. It's like the door open, and I'm like, okay, can I be good at it? Will I enjoy it? That kind of thing. And after my first year. The year had flown by so fast and I was just so like I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I had a focus as far as how I wanted to prove and help the team improve that it wasn't necessarily as much as like the X's and O's as it was like the people and the Mm -hmm. lives that you can influence, um, which was a lot more appealing to me than just like winning games. And then we started to win games. So
0: (laughs) that's nice. I feel like it always just kind of follows. You do everything right. It's going to happen. Absolutely. Um, We worked camp last week, which is when I feel like I got to know you a little bit more. But I have so much more respect for coaches (laughs) because, dang, like just the time and energy. I'm like, your legs must be so conditioned because I could barely stand for like an hour. And I was like, yeah, guys, I got to sit down. Like, this is insane. So it was really nice to like get a better appreciation for y'all as coaches because I think it does take a special person to want to go into that world. And like you said, it's more relationship based. Absolutely. For sure. Um. So you made the switch from the men's game to women's game. I'm curious of why you wanted to make that switch. I feel like women's game is going more to like the men's level. It's more dynamic. I feel like the women's are trying to feed off of that leverage. Um, What made you want to switch?
1: For me, um, I was always interested on the women's side just because there's so many more opportunities, right? Um, There's only, I want to say just over 50 division one, division two, um, schools on the men's side and right, the championship is division one division two championship. Okay. So, um, so it's a, it's not as many, not as many programs, not as many big names. Right. Um, mm-hmm. obviously on the women's side, there's this more just more opportunities to be like all over the country and that kind of thing. So I'm like, okay. Um, being at my alma mater, I'm like, okay, if there's a situation in which I could leave, um, what would that situation look like? Um, for me, the most influential people in my life have been my sister, my mom, my mother-in-law, my wife, my mother-in-law. Um, and they, I have so much respect for them. Like I said, like I said my wife was a student-athlete. My, my, um, my sister was a student-athlete as well. And the chance to be around high-caliber women like them and the chance to influence them as well was very appealing to me, too. So... Um, I love being on the men's side. I love what we were able to do. Um, But for me, it's like, okay, if I have a chance to be around high caliber women as well, um, I want the opportunity to do that too. So that's kind of what was the final switch. That's like, okay, this is a pretty good opportunity to go to a school like Baylor. Um, So that's when I said, okay, that's that's the kind of program that I absolutely would make the switch for um, when it came down to actually going through the interview process.
0: That's exciting. I think it encourages me that we just lost our strength coach to a school because he got married and I respect his decision. I'm like, look, go be with your wife. I understand. But he made such an impact on our lives, not being a strength coach, but just being there for us and pouring into us outside of strength, strength coach. And just, he just was such an amazing person. Um, But I think that's so cool that you want to be able to give back to that and having those women in your life has made you so strong and coach Mack, wants us to be women of influence as well. And that was never really put in my brain until coming to Baylor. And Coach Mack was, as a male, saying, yes, like, go lead. Go do it. I want to see the impact that y'all can make. So that's so encouraging. And Absolutely. we're excited to have you. I'm, a, I'm pumped for this season. It's going to be great. <laughs> yes. Um, so working camp last week, I kind of said that earlier, but you had touched on your faith a little bit in our conversations Um, And you said it earlier, but would you mind sharing a little bit of your testimony and kind of how you incorporate that into your coaching style?
1: Yeah, for me, um, I've always been about action as like, I've always been a hard worker. Um, That's how I got here is just kind of everything that I've been able to attune to success has been just through hard work, right? Um, So it's kind of the same thing with my faith. It's always been more action-based than me um, speaking it. Um, that being said, I grew up in the church. Um, my mom, she was a big influence on my life and my faith, my dad as well. Um, but yeah, so it was always kind of, I grew up in the church. So it's, it's different, you know, when you grow up in the church versus like, okay, if you maybe found God later in life. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like, you kind of just go through the routines, but, um, really when I got to college and I'm like, okay, what, what for me, um, is my religion really about? Like, what am I, what am I really trying to get out of this? Right. Um, right. So, yeah, going, being isolated from home, um, I had to kind of find myself again. And um, I hit, hit some hardships, but absolutely God kind of pulled me through. And then, ironically, when I got to my first season overseas in Abu Dhabi um, or in the desert, I had this experience in which I'm like, okay, let me just go through and read the Bible. I'm going to take the time. I have time now. I'm going to go through, take my year, read the Bible, um they obviously they had apps then and they had the Bible app. Oh, this I can make this work. So for sure, <laughs> I'm going to do yeah. this. Um, but it was like towards I was getting towards the end and I kind of felt like it was like okay, I'm getting towards the end like um it was almost like an uneasy feeling. Um and I end up being spiritually attacked. I was spiritually attacked um and I remember it to this day. Um I I was laying down, I was looking up on my ceiling and I saw like a bunch of flies like in the upper corner, and I'm like, okay, what's what's that? And I felt like there was another figure in the room, but I didn't know what it was. And then I just heard this voice, it's like, guard your heart, guard your heart. And I grabbed the cross, same cross I'm wearing now, and it's like, guard your heart. And I didn't know what it was, and I was like, in Jesus' name, release me. Um, And I was able to sit up, and I wrote down exactly what happened, because I'm like, okay, it didn't feel like a dream, it felt pretty different. Um, I talked to my mom about it, and then she's just going through. She's like, oh, yeah, it sounds like Beelzebub. It's like the Lord of Flies, like that kind of thing. And it's like, okay, so it is connected. Um, so th- this, like, it was kind of God reassuring me that he has control of my life and he, he, he has a path for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, there's other things out there. There's other forces that I have no control over that I just have to trust him. So that's kind of when I kind of got galvanized in my faith. And then just as far as the, the coaching part of it, um, I wasn't sure if I wanted to coach. Okay. Um, and then I would say there was another kind of awakening when, um, the pandemic hit and I'm like, okay, I'm in college athletics, yeah. pandemic hits. I can't do my job. Like, how am I, how can I, how can I possibly build off of like this career? If something like as a virus can just like completely uh-huh. wipe my career out. Right. So I was like, prayed about it once again, went back, read the Bible again. And then by the end, I'm like, once again, it's kind of reassured. And then we end up coming out of the pandemic and winning a national championship. Yeah, wow. Like Hawaii hadn't won a national championship. So. So cool. Winning that and then going and winning it again yeah. after the Baylor decision. So I had decided I was going to go to Baylor, told the guys, everybody knew. Um, and I honestly, not sure if, if I don't make that commitment to follow what God was telling me, if we're able to follow through and win that championship as well. And everything's just kind of lined up. So, um. For me that's just kind of it's 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 i wouldn't say i overly talk about it um i'm glad you ask. i'm glad to have opportunity to be on a, a platform like this to explain it but to me i just try to live it
0: i love that i feel like that's the perfect example i know that we always talk about it through our playing style of just like i want people to look at me and say wow why does she have so much joy why does she have so much energy and it's because christ that and that should just be simple enough it just kind of takes the pressure off of us in your coaching style if you just have a smile on your face and like life is good and people can see that that's Christ and I think too I grew up in the church as well and so I think coming to college as well is like really are you gonna do it or are you not you know are you gonna live it out or are you just gonna kind of carry your Bible around and I think at Baylor too it's a very comfortable environment to just have your Bible out and that's all you have to do and people just think you're like the strong living for the Lord all the time and it's I feel like it can even make it tougher to want to make that decision to actively choose to yeah. live like Christ every day. Yeah, I mean,
1: Just like I said, it's, it's always been about the relationships, the relationship with you and God. It's the relationship with you and your family members, your relationship with you and your friends. Relationships are huge. So who are you putting in your life? Who are you spending the most time with? It's, that's what you learn in college, like what people are actually going to be there to, to support me, right, and align with the values that I have because there are going to be so many other factors, so many other forces that are going to try to pull you away from the stuff that you know that you want to do and that you know you want to focus on. Um, so that's, that's, the, that's the joy and the toughness about being at, a, at college in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, like, you just, that's why people like me that have been there, done that, gone through that experience, I can share my testimony, and hopefully it keeps people um, asking questions and wanting to have more, right, build on their relationship with God.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. That's really good. So since I'm on the Baylor volleyball team, I would love to know how you're planning on bringing the national championship energy to our <laughs> program. Because we would love to have some of that. That's just yeah. so cool. The y'all went back to back, especially in a pandemic. Just surreal. I was reading that, and I was like, dang. we, Yeah, tell yeah. me all the all the keys. All the secrets? <laughs> yes. Mm.
1: Um, to me, it was a lot of the stuff that was happening off the court had to be taken care of before we started having success on the court. We obviously talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier. Um, what Ryan has done at, at Baylor, obviously the coaches you guys have had before, um, it's a solid foundation. seems like everybody was doing what they needed to do off the court and it was translating to on the court. So now it's like you guys have been there, you've had success, mm-hmm. you just haven't won the national championship. So the question is how fast can you get the gym to feel like and look like what it did when you guys had the most success? right? Because you guys have felt it. You know what it looks like. You know what the standard is. So how fast can you get the gym to feel like that again? And then how fast can we push it to be a little bit better? Because it's not like you weren't good enough. You weren't talented enough to win.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just like, it's just a matter of opportunity, different situations. Like we win the national championship in 21 with basically a bunch of super seniors. Yeah. And then last year was a completely, like, wasn't completely different, but mostly different group. Like, We had three returning starters, but they were all young. They were all basically freshmen or sophomores. Okay. So for them to switch to being in leadership roles and um, them facilitating and trying to become leaders, Mm -hmm. um, that took the whole season. It was a long process as far as, like, building off your losses and being able to – it's the same situation at Baylor. You had a bunch of veterans leave. Yeah. How fast can we get people to step up into those roles that they know are needed? It's like people know, like, okay, someone's gonna have to do this. Someone has to do this. Who's gonna do it, and who's gonna be able to lead at a high level? And the faster we can get that to happen, the faster we can facilitate that, the quicker we'll have success. And then hopefully by the end of the year, you're good enough to win. And if you're good enough to win, why you not? ring. <laughs> why not? You ring. <laughs> Go ahead and awesome. do it.
0: <laughs> I love that, I think. You said it perfectly. I mean, we had a roster of 23 last year, and a lot of those girls were on that 2019 team of the Final Four experience. And, like, what a cool experience. And to have now a team that's so young, we were able to be on that same roster last year and learn and to see and take small bits and pieces of what they did in 2019, what they did last season. I mean, we still went to the Sweet 16. Like, we're still an amazing program. And, like you said, we had the skills to do it. It's just, like, we're right there. I feel like we're just knocking on the door, just waiting for it to happen. So it's exciting. I'm pumped. I mean, we've been working hard in open gym, so we'll see y'all for yeah,
1: glad to hear that. two days. <laughs>
0: we have been working hard. <laughs> Trust me, promise, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> it's been good. I'm pumped for double days for the next two weeks. It's going to be awesome. Ready to have y'all in the gym. We miss y'all. We really do. It's weird not having coaches at our open gyms. So we miss y'all. Yeah. Yes. Okay, for the final question, everyone that comes on will be asked this. If you could write a letter To sports and say absolutely anything you wanted to, what would you say?
1: I would say, Dear sports, thank you for giving me the opportunity to meet people that are different than me. Mm -hmm. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to to grow. Um, Thank you for giving me the opportunity to travel the world and um, become a better person.
0: That's awesome. Perfect. Thank you for watching Deer Sports with me, Faith Lynch. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode just as much as I did. Make sure you go to our Instagram. Make sure you follow us. We're at Dear Sports Podcast. And don't forget to check out our link tree in the bio where you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and watch on YouTube. Until next time, this is Faith Lynch and Dear Sports.